Hey guys, it's Haz and this is the Optimal Podcast. Well, I have some exciting news. Optimal just released its latest variant, which is Optimal Premium Caramel Macchiato. And what's crazy about this is we conducted a blind taste test where we pit Optimo against the caramel macchiato of a very popular cafe. And guess what? Most people picked Optimo over the cafe coffee. So not only is Optimo caramel macchiato cheaper, it's healthier and tastier too. If you want to try out this new variant, check it out at Robinson's, Cash and Carry, Unimart, Allday, and Shopee. Now, today's, in today's podcast, we have a really amazing guest. She works in corporate, she's a chef, she's a teacher, and an entrepreneur. So, you know, she's got a lot of amazing experience and what it takes to tackle challenges from all of these areas. So, without further ado, let's give it up for Kyla. Okay, we're on. So, we have a very special guest for this afternoon. Can you introduce oh, that's yourself? Me. <laughs> that's me. That's <laughs> me. Okay, hi, I'm Kyla. I'm a, I work for the food industry. So I've been teaching culinary for a few years and now I work for R&D. That's okay. my story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how did you start? Because I, okay, I know you, uh, you went to college in the same college that Thea and MM went to. Yes. And then after that, um, what was your uh, adventure in the culinary industry like? My adventure? Okay, so uh, so I graduated. <laughs> so I went to culinary school and after that, of uh, course, your default is you have to find a place to work. So um, right after I went to Malaysia, so I worked for a hotel there. I had a management training there and uh, after that um, I had to go back home because of uh, visa issues so um, that pulled me right back into um, where I was uh, where I studied culinary so my Malaysian boss or my Malaysian chef so he invited me in because I always wanted to teach even more more than cooking i always wanted to teach so we thought that was a nice direction to have to um be able to teach and uh, teach something that i i always wanted you always had interest in i always had an interest in so uh, which is culinary so there that's when it started so i started assisting my malaysian chef then my malaysian chef so my chef then um, so we do demos and uh, we basically teach uh, these college kids how to have the skills so that they can also work for the industry. So that went along for around um, five years. So they transitioned me into teaching. In between there, I also had some training. So I had the opportunity. So I was very lucky that my... Um, company then sent me also to France to have a really good experience so that was your classic uh, uh, French uh, chef experience Fancy. so yes with <laughs> pinky ups so, but it was really really hard work <laughs> like disclaimer it was hard work and uh, but it was a really good experience it was eye-opening and um, so I went back home 
So everything I learned there, I tried in, to the best of my ability to translate it and to turn it over to the people here who yeah. also learn culinary also. And from there, um, that was going on for a while and I was thinking or slowly, of course, we want to expand or to learn more skills. So it just was coming to a point that I was teaching all sorts of things, but I also wanted a sense of the industry here. Right. Because yeah. I've been always looking at it at, in the academic, very, let's say, sanitized sense. So after a while, you kind of look to, you know, maybe get some action and really do some of the actual work again. So somehow, one thing led to another, I ran into a manufacturing company who also needed help for uh, R&D. So now I work with uh, food techs and... Um, it's a really interesting experience like now I'm, I'm delving into like science and cooking so um, basically I try to translate uh, the, the consumer experience to the food text because food text you know they think about um, the breakdown let's say it's a sauce so they think about like it in terms of chemicals and in terms of uh, production and sometimes you lose sense of what it needs to be on yeah. the plate or yeah. on the mouths of the people so that's where I come in and uh, we try to really educate them and give them a sense of the industry give them a sense of their customer and uh, yeah so that's what I'm doing now so you're like the human side of your company something <laughs> like that I guess I guess I, uh, I get that also that's, that's a lot of pressure being human <laughs> yeah actually okay so we should be calling you Professor Kyla <laughs> oh wait okay so this is all really really interesting there's like so many questions that popped into my head i think my first is how did you know you wanted to do culinary oh that's uh yeah that's an easy question to answer it's a ever since i was a little girl <laughs> no, i have a very classic answer to that so ever since i was young i was really in interested in the industry so, um, I, at that time, or when I was younger, I didn't quite know how to get into the industry, I guess, um, because usually, so I was maybe, I think it was resolved. I think it was resolved in my head when I was around, you know, grade seven that I wanted to work with food. Um, maybe it's one of those things, um, since my mom also had an interest in it, so I was I always hung out in the kitchen. Mm, okay. So that was maybe the world that I was really exposed to. I just really like food, I guess, in the simple the simplest matter. Or you know how they how you ask or like when you were thinking about your careers, they ask you like like what's the first thing that you think about in the morning? Yeah. And then you try to relate your career there. So for me, of course, I wake <laughs> up, I'm hungry. <laughs> So I want food. So yeah, maybe I, I'm meant to think about you know, food or to uh, be in the food industry. Right. So, well, so interesting fact. So at least when I was, yeah, when I was during that time, I didn't know whether I can get into it at all because, uh, well, culinary is not really one of the cheapest um, courses to have, right? So. Uh, and then my parents 
being the classic Asian parents, they want you to also have a degree at the yeah. same time. So uh, that was quite a conflict. So I actually applied for different things for college before. So uh, it could, in another life, I maybe would have been an accountant. Okay. And then, or I would have been. Um, maybe uh, working with chemistry which is when you think about it it's coming full circle right now because I'm yeah, working a lot with, 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 uh, with chemists and um, food techs so maybe in another life I would have been like them also and yeah but you know one of those maybe um, maybe maybe it was destiny so while all this was happening I found this school wherein I can get a degree I, I can get a scholarship yeah and also get the uh, the career the in, get into the industry that I wanted to be in. Yeah, so it's so, like everything was aligning. <laughs> yeah, so you know, thinking about it now, yeah, so it was aligning during that time for me to get into this industry. Okay, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's cool now. I, I didn't realize it until now. So yeah, it's good to reflect. <laughs> um, can I ask also, like, what type of food do you specialize in? Oh, so right now, well, my, my roots has always been, um, so I'm French trained, but I never really took, I'm sorry, Chef Mark, um, I never <laughs> took a real interest in French or Western cuisine, so I've always been interested in Asian cuisine, so um, so when I was working for my Malaysian, for my chef who was Malaysian, um, so that's what, when I learned, I, I took a real interest in those uh, cuisine and, and, and I also tra- uh, had my training in Malaysia. I was exposed to that type of food. So yeah, I guess it's uh, my specialty now or would be, or I, I am confident in cooking Malaysian food, also maybe some Thai. Well, in general, I, I like to cook Asian food and uh, should the... Um, should the occasion call for it, then maybe put a little Western twist to it. Because you can. Because you can. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can. Oh, man. Okay. Um, oh, man, there's so many questions on the tip of my head. Yeah. But now, actually, so since uh, uh, we're also talking about it, um, so that's one part of the industry. So what I've been learning recently is, uh, like, yeah, the science of food. So maybe I, I'm learning a little bit on that. So the science of food, the science of taste, like how different ingredients translates to different types of taste or different temperatures translates to taste. So I'm not sure that's exactly a specialty, but I think that's one of the things that I've been learning and been very interesting for me lately. Yeah, that's what I noticed also because like in our industry, my industry, we also have to work with food techs and it's like... uh, uh, Should have taken that in college. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was like, thinking, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like the way they 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 the way they think about food is is different from a way that a chef thinks about food. Um, it's like um, it's it's for the chef. It's like oh, it's hard to describe. It's like there's a the way I see it. It's like there's a grander view for the chef and then for the food tech it's like very specific it's like this this ingredient equals uh, this component equals this sort of outcome 
Maybe it's like for a chef, it's more like an art, and then for the food tech, it's really like a science or something. Yes, yes. I think I see that in the work that I do now. Um, maybe it's not really for lack of a bigger picture, except that maybe we just have a different, I guess, let's say we're talking about one product. You have different priorities for that product. So for um, for the food tech, its priority is maybe, it, you know, there's so many things that he has to think about. It has to be maybe chemically sound, safe to consume, the very least, and um, be able to produce it on yeah. a mass scale. So that's really the concentration. And then for a chef, it's really more consumer-driven already. When yeah. you look it's, at it. it's kind of like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the chef is gonna cook up something that the person needs to appreciate right when he's done, like when he serves it. Yes. And then for a food tech, it's, they have to think about shelf life. They have to think about. Yes. Like, yeah. Sounds like a real headache, though. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really, you know, really, I really appreciate that. Them. I, I had a really like big uh, appreciation for the food techs having this work. Uh, so shout out to them, because. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, we don't really realize it, and and they really work in the backgrounds. So yeah, right. I think for uh, well, a lot of consumers usually what they see would be the chefs, right? Or when you go to a restaurant, what you see are the chefs, the people who make it. But when you have let's say a certain product, you don't really think about so who's making this product, who's making the recipe of the product, and they're actually the food techs, mm-hmm. and uh, there's um. So they're just there in the background, but you know they 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 still do their jobs and they seem happy about it, <laughs> and they're really interested in it. Okay. Um. But can I ask also, like in terms of, for example, uh, like the in terms of environment, like yeah. work environment. Yeah. Do you prefer like working in like a restaurant kitchen or the setup that you have right now? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, yeah, th- for me, it was a learning curve to um, work corporate. So now I work for a corporate setting. So it's quite a learning curve coming from, well, so I did uh, some stints in restaurants. So definitely restaurants, it's really fast-paced because whatever happens, you have to dish food out. And also quite different from the academic setting which I've been exposed to wherein you train people and it's not really uh, let's say to some aspects it's more um, people driven than sales driven and then now um, it's actually my first time going corporate and maybe before that was what I was trying to avoid also um, getting into the food industry so I don't think I'm the type of person who can just sit down and work on the computer all day so me I, I need to maybe get stimulated and or get out of my head in that sense so it was a learning curve I'm still adapting to it and now yeah so I think the main difference for example is there's a lot of paperwork <laughs> that I need to uh, take care of versus just you know cooking but uh, it's part of the learning i guess and for me it's also you know getting another aspect of the industry which i wanted to see anyway 
so it's not really a preference thing it's just totally different yes so in, in preference um i guess each has their own pros and cons mm-hmm. um if you ask me now uh, well i'm getting a little bit older <laughs> um <laughs> We're still young, what you yeah, talking about? Yeah, I'm still <laughs> young, but you know, I, I, I like some of the conveniences <laughs> I, I'm experiencing now. So, yeah, before, so maybe if you ask me five years ago, I still would have preferred staying in the restaurant 100%. But now, um, maybe these bones need a little bit of rest. <laughs> so, I. I've maybe had a bit of appreciation also of going corporate. So, and uh, the type of projects that we get anyway, it's not fully like you have to sit in the desk all day. There's still a lot of movement. So, I guess there's also for me some appreciation of you know getting some downtime and really being able to pace yourself and really um, plan things well. Because that's essential when you work corporate. And uh, yeah, so. Can I, let's say, percentage wise, like how what percent, in where you are currently, are you like sitting at a desk versus, um, moving around or like creating something? Um, maybe right now, well, right now at this moment, maybe, I'm okay with, maybe sitting on the desk, <laughs> maybe because I, um, no, but it's really tiring, and maybe that's one of the things maybe I want to put out there also. That you know you have all these chefs, and honestly, for me, I don't. Sometimes I don't even claim myself to be a chef because m- the work I do now is so different from what you see in the restaurant. So it's very physical. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it gets hot in the kitchen. So you wonder why the you know so many chefs are so hot headed. Yeah. Because you know it's it's a really physically exhausting job, and. Um, after some time like really frankly you just want to rest so I really admire those people who really stayed in the industry for like I don't know 10 years 20 years you know you gotta you know when you see those types of people they're really badass for being able to keep up with that type of lifestyle and I guess now well for me I've been also having a need to rest my body for many reasons so for some maybe some health reasons so yeah i guess in that way i also now am getting some appreciation like for you're happy where you are yeah i'm happy where i am right now at yeah. this moment but maybe let's see maybe we'll I, I i can't forecast like two years three years from now i'll probably be you know having that bug again to make something and also be part of like let's say a service line or something like that yeah Okay, so like right now, it's like a good balance between um, uh, something that's... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a good balance between like creative work and something that's stable. Um, okay. Okay. We are... Between how was teaching, pala? I wanted to ask because like that sounds like yeah, a more exhausting. That job. sounds like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah than yeah. working in the kitchen. Well, <laughs> well, I guess it just takes a certain type of person to do it. Um, 
yeah, I will admit that there. I guess it it has come to a saturation point. Eventually, right. um, so I I love teaching, so I guess it's just for me maybe that's the the how I'm naturally geared to share something to people and. I, I get a lot of fulfillment from seeing people grow, progress, and hopefully helping them out to their careers. But of course, you'll encounter some people who don't want to be taught, <laughs> and you can't talk back to them either. <laughs> yeah, and and you have to be to a certain degree be very politically correct. And although, yeah, kitchen setting, we can get a lot away with a lot of things in terms of that. But of course, you have to you know have that balance. Right. And yeah, at a certain point, yeah, you, you, you also feel that maybe some or maybe a lot of your maybe students who don't want to listen or they have their, also their egos to, to, to take care of. Um, yeah, to some degree, you, you get tired or I don't know if the term is burnt out or sometimes you, you feel underappreciated for the type of effort that you do. But um, where was my point? <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, it, it's not easy. Okay. And then I, I guess yeah, for me, it was what I wanted to do, but it also came to a point that uh, now I guess my mode is I want to be able to share something more. Should I go back to teaching again? I want to be able to share something more to my students to sh- give them a wider experience or yeah. wider um, appreciation of the industry. So I guess that's one of the reasons why I also transition. That's actually super smart. It's like with all this other work experience, it's like a, uh, it creates value for you, but it creates value for whoever you teach as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think what a lot of culinary students right now they they don't think about is yeah there's more than one job that you can do but this besides working in a restaurant setting and it's good that you have experience with a lot of fields. Yeah. Yeah. Can you oh. wait, wait, wait. but uh, just putting it out there but I yeah I I love I love teaching. I love yeah. And I, I guess I was, al- I was also looking for a certain set of students. Mm-hmm. Like for me, maybe one of the rewards I get from teaching is when somebody comes back or somebody reaches out to me and then just giving me updates. So this is what I'm doing now. And then you get a thank you. Like, those are the times that I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a thank you for... Uh, I don't know, imparting knowledge and helping did train. This, did this just come randomly? Yeah, like, can you share a story of I'm maybe... Sorry, it's like, I'm, I'm uh, quite amazed, honestly, like, such people exist. Uh, so these are the, so guys, so for teachers, <laughs> you know, uh, this is a public service also. <laughs> um, so but for, for teachers, one of the things that really make them happy or that, like, maybe despite the challenges of... Um, uh, let's say you know, it's really hard work so you really invest a lot of time in teaching you invest a lot of effort a lot of brain power in teaching and one of the rewarding parts would be you know people reaching out to you so uh, for this one so this is the value of Facebook so I'm really um, <laughs> promoting <laughs> Facebook now. social media has uh, a social use media. so through social media one of my old students um, 
Oh, let's back so let's backtrack from there. So, in our school or where where I taught before, we have a foundation. Um, well, let me promote it. So we have the Tuloy Foundation. <laughs> that um, so basically we pick up. Uh, so the Tuloy Foundation picks up kids from the streets, and they basically try to give them a livelihood. So they adopt these kids. They teach them vocational courses, and one of the courses is culinary. Mm-hmm. So somehow we uh, my workplace had a tie up with these foundation and basically so we had these kids so then these are the people who we really appreciate teaching on on a a side note because they're really hungry to learn yeah they're not entitled (laughs) (laughs) like 90 percent of the workforce now (laughs) no they don't feel entitled they just really want now to have a livelihood they found a sense of purpose in the type of work that they do and so it's really fun to teach them because they really absorb everything they try to learn as much as they can and they don't they, uh, and and there and here one of the guys also and they also give the appreciation for you so this is such a you know heartwarming success story for us so one of the um, one of the best students we've had in this foundation we were able to send him to, um, so the 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 whole, um, let's say, so the company was able to send him to France already. So he's working. Oh, Actually, I think he he already overtook me in 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 rank. So the student already Became surpassed <laughs> the teacher, <laughs> and I'm really but I'm really happy for that. So he's doing really well, and he's um, really having a good time in France and you know what one random this is really like there's no out of the blue he just you know sent a message so just um, making kamusta or asking me how I am and yeah and then he just told me about his story how he's doing really well or I mean still a lot of hard work for him but he was really he mentioned that he was really thankful for all that uh, the efforts that we did in order to educate them because you know from being so this guy from being you know a street kid so he was able he's now you know maybe living the life or doing really good work in France, France. so it's a real like uh, what do you call that uh, uh, triumph um, yeah um, triumph story we have so these are the things that we really live for and hopefully i can get back to you know the academe to have more of these stories that's actually really heartwarming yeah, yeah. but is that something that really like drives you for your like career like what is the is that your sense of purpose like just giving back def- or? Def- definitely yeah definitely so um yeah i always want to i guess this is the you get a, a certain type of fulfillment that it's not it's not about your own success i guess so to speak but to see people you've interacted with and you actually took time to help out whether it's your job or not and there's a certain uh, it's really fulfilling to see other people progress and through their stories also so that's i think for me also it's um 
I, I also progress in that sense to see that I guess I was in that sense effective and also I get inspired by these people as well so as you can see I, I, people can definitely surpass me in terms of let's say rank or in terms of uh, uh, of let's say different different uh, definitions of successes in life yeah but you know their stories definitely inspire me to also do better for myself also and that's also my drive also to make myself better because how can I make other people better if I don't feel that I'm also uh, let's say fulfilled if I don't feel that I am successful or proficient in a particular area see so guys show appreciation <laughs> for your to the people yeah. Yeah, for, or your mentors I, I feel like you you've mentored a lot of people and they really look up to you and I'm sure you've inspired I mean they've been inspired by you also I hope so <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah but yeah, I, I, I guess I also started teaching young. So maybe during that time, I also had my own insecurities. I had my own maybe battles in life. So looking now, maybe I would have been a better mentor or at least I'm working on hopefully maybe sometime in the future that I can also be a good men- a better mentor than I was before. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So... Kyla, can you also expand on maybe the challenges that you that you faced uh, within like your career? Because I mean, like working as a chef, it's there's a lot of connotation for it being like a really hard, difficult job, especially for women. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, but what was your experience with that? Well, for a little tidbit, so my chef would always tell me that. He never treated me like a girl. I'm always one of the boys. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of hard work, especially physically. And of course, um, in the kitchen setting, so you're working with people from all works of life. So not necessarily, let's say, the most cultured and politically correct people in the world. So I'm, I'm, very, very, I'm, I'm being very respectful. Right <laughs> so... Yeah, it's a hard um, world to navigate in. But, you know, there's a lot of aware- awareness already now, which I'm very happy is happening. But, of course, we still have, we're still getting there. So, especially in the hotel. So, this is not only actually for chefs, but in general in the hotel industry. So, you get, um, I guess, in a way, maybe the guys or... You know, the boys aren't as respectful to women because it's, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's not an easy job to be in. That's as, something you see specifically in the industry. Yes. Mm. But not only as a woman, but, you know, as a person. Well, at first as a person, but yeah. there are equally bigger challenges as it's a just woman. The gravity is greater because you're a woman. Yes. Yeah. And maybe part of the conflict, so... They, I guess, are in. Although this is not for the food industry in general, so you really have to put your foot down on certain things. So, 
it's I, I guess to some degree it's harder since I guess most women are more nurturing it's a little harder to be more assertive and for an industry that deals a lot with fast pace and production um, it's not easy to have that you know that touch of a lady and being more assertive and being able to do things or being able to get things done so yeah it's challenging and also now um, we'll also delve into since the work also requires a lot of hours so maybe if you're trying to start a family so I'm not trying to start a family yet but um, <laughs> if you're trying to start a family um, it's so difficult because half the time you're not at you're not at home or you're not able to take care of the kids and you're maybe when you get home you're tired already and not be able to take care of you know what you need to attend to in, in terms of like let's say housework so yeah it's challenging and really honestly I, I don't have it figured out yet um, me it's not very challenging now because I have no family or no children to account for or no partners to account for so for me I, I have it easy so I do wonder so maybe it's something I should ask you know other female chefs of how they try to balance being able to have their careers and also take care of, take care of their personal lives as well they need a house husband yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, your part, you know. Out there in the universe. <laughs> Maybe somebody wants to apply as a house husband. <laughs> do you see? Do you see changes though? Like, I mean, I don't know because I'm not part of, I'm not part of the hotel or, um, food industry in that way. But do you see changes for women, and like recently, or is it still the same? You know what? Uh, maybe I haven't also been working in the hotel for a time, so I really can't tell mm-hmm. whether it's happening. But I think we have some uh, some by and by uh, some changes. I think we're still far from, you know, giving women, let's say, a really balanced lifestyle of getting being able to take care of the household and being able to do work. Right. At the same time, but um, yeah, maybe it's something I should um, we should check out also. <laughs> so, but uh, let's see um, what I've been seeing for a lot, or, or at least the patterns I'm seeing when it comes to the industry for the hotel industry, for the food industry. So, I'm talking about restaurants and hotels. Is well, one they transition, so the the women transition into a more corporate side of the let's say if it's still food industry more corporate side let's say more of a marketing sales mm. basically uh, it's a maybe more or less a little bit more flexible than let's say food production where you have to be there on top of things for a long time so yeah it's still a lot of it's not easy to transition or to to i, I don't think there's a formula for it actually for it's like a super complicated subject. Yes, yeah. it's a complicated yeah. subject to talk about. Yeah. And I guess with more women coming in and also taking the lead in in, in different businesses or in different uh, restaurants, 
I hope that we can some find some sort of balance for that. Mm. Okay. Do you have any advice to people that want to pursue culinary arts? Don't do it. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, no, I'd say that um, like my really upfront answer there is it's not easy. Especially if you're gonna work on or if you're gonna, uh, let's say, well, it's not easy because it's, again, a very physical job. Especially if you're working on food production, if you're working in the kitchen, and um, also it, when you look at it also, so if it, once you get a wider sense of the industry, you'll also notice that, or uh, one of the realizations I've had lately is the food industry is not for everybody, even in a let's say kitchen aspect or in a business aspect, like. In terms of businesses, especially if you're working restaurants, the let's say the return on investment takes so long. Yeah. How long does it, it normally take? Uh, well, now you're lucky if you, for a let's say a standard maybe fifty seater restaurant at a premium, or at a pretty let's say standard commercial place, you're lucky to have it turn over for like three years. Mm-hmm. That's lucky already, but some maybe would take five years mm. right. so as a business format it's not easy so actually that's one of the things that we talk about uh, like just being frank here we talk about with, uh, with co-industry people so it's not an easy industry to be in so it takes so it's like you put a lot of time in it but the let's say the rewards come very late so that's when it comes that the rewards actually is the work itself and not the monetary value of it. So, but of course, there's always a way to make you know the business formats work. So, uh, in conclusion, <laughs> so for those who want to go into culinary, it's not easy. But if you're in it or if you want to get in in it, you really have to like really resolve it in yourself and really. Um, stay there you have to have some grit but if you really find the love in it and the you know they say passion in it then you won't have a problem but you know um, it's hard to just make being money. frank you know the monetary <laughs> rewards yeah. come very slow <laughs> so if you're looking for money don't go there <laughs> okay this is you know you gotta have the love here so that's okay. where the soul comes in here <laughs> Um, speaking of um, besides being an educator and working in corporate, you also started some small uh, business. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, so, what's the story there? So, shamelessly plugging. <laughs> <laughs> shamelessly plugging. So, if you're looking for healthy food, <laughs> you can come by a little seed corner shop. Just look it up on Facebook. Um, yeah, so I just last year, so I. Uh, well, attempted so that's uh, or it's still running so I started the business with my parents for, that serves uh, healthy food or wholesome food um, to uh, to people so it's a small space very quaint space so we really wanted to uh, capitalize on maybe deliveries and um, deliveries and you know just being able to 
offer a service for people to who are looking for healthy food because it's really getting so a lot of people are really getting into it uh, these days yeah right so were you asking about my experience yeah, yeah like like, yeah. like there's a, I think there's okay for one thing I feel like um so you you worked as a teacher then you did some uh you did some jobs and then you decided to do to put up something which I feel like takes a lot of courage and yeah, then, yeah 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 so it's like what how did that come about like and then like because um, I'm sure I'm sure actually this is the thing that I get from talking with you now you've done so many different things in this industry like looking at it looking at it like in the grand scope right I mean yeah. like like um, your whole life has been about food but then yes. it's like you're picking up on different aspects of of you're picking up on this different aspects of yes, it, right? Yes. Like, um, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people have the same experience as you. I don't think there have been people who have been a teacher, a a, a chef, uh, worked in corporate, done their own business, uh-huh. right? It's like, it's for me, it's out, it's outstanding. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice coming from you. Um. Well, okay, so maybe like delving into the business. So um, just to be like very forward, so I don't think the business is where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot, but it was a big learning experience for me. That's when I realized that there's so much to learn. So that's so much to learn. And maybe I, I went into it. Actually, it was a very impulsive thing. <laughs> um, somebody just, you know, um, uh, was just. I think the the story there that like to be to tell you is somebody just told us that there's a space that's available and you know off the bat we were thinking okay maybe it's something that we can do without really thinking or like you know maybe not really thinking the whole thing out or or not thinking the whole thing through so yeah so like to be forward um, it's not where I want it to be but I really learned a lot for that and I think yeah I think that's also an experience I can share with everybody else so yeah. um, I wouldn't say that now it's a hundred percent successful business format but it's still running yeah. okay? so I think that's the least that I can <laughs> I can hope for it but um, yeah and also yeah so I guess yeah picking up from what you said yeah I think um, my at least what I've been trying to do for the past couple years of years is to maybe get some a sense of the industry to really learn what I can learn. And I think the challenge for me now at this point is to maybe find a real specialization or really put it out there to really put all these experiences together in order to bring out something that, let's say, that I can like be convinced that it's really hundred percent successful. Mm-hmm. So, I think also coming into the industry, um, uh, I guess one of the dilemmas or maybe one of the crossroads I have right now is, so I'm not saying so, I've done all those things, but I don't, I still don't think I'm successful until I really um, had the sense that. 
I'm able to bring something to people or bring some sort of uh, let's say social relevance to what all these um, experiences. Okay, but okay, okay, yeah, I see that. But in my eyes, I feel like you've hit that success as well, because like you, you've um. Let's say, let's say regarding your business, you're saying that um, it's not where you want it to be. It's not where you want it to be. But I think all those challenges for uh, getting setting it up, and then all the all the things that um, that that are working and not working for it are things that you can impart on other people. Yeah, like that's the sure. way I see yeah. it. It's like. Like I, I'm, sh- it's a growing pain, sort of. True. Yeah. 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 Like, um, and it's it's interesting that you said that you wanted some social relevance because I mean, what I got also from talking to you is that there there is clearly something uh, deeper that drives you. Yeah, like even when it comes to the the business that you decide to put up was regarding health and wellness. Yeah. Right. It's like you wanted to change the the landscape. Yeah, you didn't want to just <laughs> yeah. give trashy food to people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you wanted to give something back that 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 would actually benefit them. Yeah, yeah. So that that's really encouraging <laughs> coming from you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but you have tr- Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna ask, like, do you have any, I guess, future dreams or plans that you know that are, that are in the future? In the future, (laughs) yeah. Like, well, to be forward, (laughs) I'm still figuring it out. So now, I guess, yeah, still at the uh, phase of trying to learn things. So trying to learn more from the industry, and maybe for the future. Well, my pie in the sky, <laughs> or at least my pie in the sky is I have a. Uh, what's my pie in the sky? <laughs> I don't know my future anymore. <laughs> uh, for the future, well, for me it's actually quite simple. Um, I'm not quite sure how to make it happen yet. So let's just you know bring it out to the universe. So it would be nice to have a farm somewhere, here, here in the Philippines, and then we can to have like some sort of a farm to table concept yeah and uh, basically uh, yeah just you know work on wholesome food or like uh, homemade food and use you know the, 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 the gifts of the earth to 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 bring out like maybe a menu or do some events or you know maybe bring awareness to this type of this type of uh, cuisine and this type of um, uh, type of cooking. Yeah. So I guess that's one of the like, pies in the skies. But um, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> I um, super love that idea. Yeah, sign me up, man. <laughs> let's go. Let's have a farm. <laughs> farm. So I really want a farm, but right now, you know, I need some capital to. <laughs> Actually, you know what's interesting? Sorry, I have a client yeah. that's in the agricultural industry. And um, he told me that the this is really like the 
I guess the golden time of agriculture right now. Yeah. Because they're getting a lot of support from the government, and in mm. terms of the amount of money that they actually like the uh, trade farmers or the yeah the trade farmers actually make are is quite substantial. Uh. Mm. Like they can earn like a million in a day. <laughs> Really? Oh, that's yeah. Like from yeah. harvest. Yeah, from harvest. Which but is that's crazy. a really nice. Yeah, that's a really good thing yeah. to hear. Yeah, good type of program. Or yeah, because they they kind of yeah. like educate the local farmers about those. I mean, because what they produce is like um. Uh, like well, they produce like herbicides and like uh, fertilizer and all that. So mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of technology now that's being funded. And is really helping the agricultural industry right now. So yeah, maybe yeah, maybe <laughs> so yeah, putting it out out there. So if you need people to work on your menus and you know use all these um, gifts of the earth in our country, so just uh, call me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but um, yeah, it's really interesting because there's actually we have so much resources or untapped resources oh my goodness and i feel you it's so i i i'm not i don't know the the right term for it if it's underrated or if it's um untapped yeah i I think the best word for this we have many untapped resources now and um it's i think about time that people start um using these products using these resources are you know we have you know the best mangoes in the world I think <laughs> yeah. and then I think maybe coconuts are still underutilized mm-hmm. our rice also is also under um, not really getting enough spotlight I I you know what I think there needs to be this cultural shift because uh, for what I notice also is that um, uh, there's like two sets of people in the Philippines um, one set which is generally the people who live in the province they understand they understand what we have yes. and they're happy to use it and then there's a lot of there's this other set that lives predominantly in the city that um, either doesn't know it exists or if they know it exists they don't believe in it yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for example, in uh, where I work, um, it's like, like, or let's see, let's just take, for example, uh, things like Lagundi. People before knew about Lagundi for coffin colds, for like in the province, for like, they, that was their medicine. Yes. And like it, and then um, when it was brought here, when 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 other companies started making medicines out of it, mm. um, did the clinical trials for it? Like they had to prove prove to people that it worked, and then even now that there's all these clinical trials for Lagundi, people will still rather take something else than Lagundi just because they don't think Lagundi. Works. Well, okay. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. there's a lot of like controversy <laughs> with that with well the herbal I guess, um, medicine pharmaceutical industry yeah like and maybe we can cover that also in another episode yeah but yeah it's like um uh what i mean is just that that there are so much things of abundance here 
And a lot of people don't like, okay, let's take, for example, cocoa sugar. Did you know that cocoa sugar, we produce a lot of cocoa sugar in the country, uh-huh. but it's all exported. Because people from Europe and the States love the product, yes. but Filipinos... Since you just want to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like such a great ingredient. But, but, but I get what you mean. But I think what's all happening now is a lot of things maybe... Uh, I wouldn't say get lost in translation or let's say... Yeah, picking up from what you were saying a while ago, like we have the farmers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have all these resources, but they don't know that people are looking for it or they don't know it's something that's marketable. For them, it's something they have every day. Mm-hmm. So let's say um, uh, you have a product like, or let's say when, when organic food was starting. So actually, this is one of the things that happened before. So we I went to Bacolod before to basically teach people how to use the, the vegetables they have growing right outside their um, outside their houses because mm-hmm. for them so I don't know how this happened or how, how what kind of uh, or how, how this came about so these people they would rather eat let's say instant noodles <laughs> yeah. oh my god and then not realizing that they actually have maybe some calabasa and some some talong lying around outside so this is these are the more maybe i would say maybe less educated more impoverished areas there in in, in negros so they were eating instant noodles so it's just i find it so odd that i have to go there and show them that hey you can actually make pinakbet out of this yeah or even turmeric for example um for them they think it's just an herbal thing they don't know that it's something that you can maybe use for curries or maybe use for um, uh, rice or something that you can put with your rice so that you can put more nutrition in it yeah so a lot of things really boils down to i guess now realizing is education and getting information out so even so maybe some of the farmers sometimes they have something they have a certain crop they don't know that it's actually some people will pay a premium price for it. So maybe there's, they're just giving it away yeah. for like, I don't know, one peso a kilo. And then, but um, actually people in Manila or maybe even like uh, internationally people would pay, I don't know, $10, $20 for that particular, particular yeah. crop. Actually, I never really thought about it on that end mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. So... Again, so yeah, it it, it, it it goes maybe full circle. <laughs> it, it boils down to like education, <laughs> and I get, and it's like education on both sides. Yes. Right? Yeah. So the challenge for us really is, you know, we we know I guess we people let's say um, the more educated those who are able to. You know get their high school degrees their college degrees so we know a lot of things we're able to travel so really the challenge now is we translate you know this, this knowledge to the people who need it so we have farmers who you know barely i don't know have have anything or they, they barely have uh they can barely earn their keep for their families. Yeah, and they don't know that they have this like hidden treasure trove in their backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, that's actually this conversation just took. That's okay. I super <laughs> like it. It's just super interesting. <laughs> I thought I was gonna talk about like uh, my personal issues today. <laughs> oh man, that's like like experiences from two sides of the in- of the same industry. people i agree though because like your idea of like a um having a farm and then having a a restaurant that you know you just take things from the farm farm to table sort of concept is like a really really good way for people to appreciate where things come from True. Yeah. I know you also yeah. have a you know Mark has this weird fantasy. Have a fantasy. I, I love I love the yeah. origin of things. Yeah. yeah. It's like um Don't can you share that your fantasy of like killing something and then eating <laughs> Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Sounds so morbid. No, as a <laughs> as a chef, I I appreciate that it's, it's not morbid at all. No, like I, I see, it, yeah. I mean, I see the basis. I mean, like, I see the point of it, but I just like I, I like have a really. You know, it, my I guess it reflex. depends on the person. I, yeah. I just feel like um, the best way to appreciate food is to start from the start. Yes. Yeah. So like, even if you have to rear the thing before you kill it, I mean, like. Like that's real appreciation. That's like you put on you put all this hard work into growing something, whether it be a, a plant or an animal, and then you have to prepare it. You know, it's like um, uh, there's something very different there. It makes you think about life in a totally different way. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's very true. So I think you know when when you, let's say you you have a chicken and you have to <laughs> butcher this chicken yeah in order to eat it i don't find it morbid at all i don't know at what point we became really i i guess it it's something to think about because here we get a lot of things so when you see chicken in a let's say in the grocery it's already butchered it's already right. chopped up so you don't get a sense already that it was a living being before mm-hmm. and i think that's why a lot of people are coming into the movement of let's say uh free range and was were they humanely is that the term humanely were they treated well because slowly some people are trying starting to realize that you know these were li- living beings but going back um let's say you, you when you know where the things come from when you know where your vegetables come from you know where all of this are coming from it takes a lot of work in order to get these things in order to process these things you just have a better appreciation for it yeah so it's not something that you just throw away and it's you know it's not something that you just eat now for convenience or you just turn out to be a more i don't know maybe a decent a more resourceful or more appreciative person yeah it's like you're respecting yeah your food more respecting your food respecting every all the all effort the effort that it took needed yeah. to get that food in front of you yeah so when are we going fishing <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting to say that because i know people that like they can't even eat their meat like with bone in it or yeah. they can't yeah, eat yeah. fish with yeah. seeing the actual fish you know, like it's, 
they just they don't want the they're association. So detached. Yeah. They're so detached yeah, so from the food. We're, st- we're starting to have that detachment because of all the convenience food that we're having. Yeah. Which, by the way, is not very good for you. That's why you should go to my store <laughs> <laughs> and have like wholesome food <laughs> made for you. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So there's that detachment happening, and it's uh, I guess a little sad, a little. For me, it's disturbing. I don't know. I don't know for you guys. Yeah, see, it's the opposite. It's not like I'm morbid. It's <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, um, it's kind of scary, actually. That you're detached to. Yeah. Um, well, I understand people that feel that way. Because, I mean, who wants to think about actually killing a living animal? But... I think it... <laughs> <laughs> That's part of it. Okay. Let, let, let's like make it more palatable. Then. <laughs> yeah. um, not really, let's not killing the animal, but you know, harvesting, let's say, your fruits and your vegetables. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and knowing where it's from, that you need to water these plants. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, to take care, to of, take a care plant. of a plant. <laughs> yeah. You know, I killed a cactus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or like just to have it grow fruit and like, like um, uh, making the fruit taste pretty good like it takes um, it takes a significant amount of work and like a significant amount of like uh, making sure the nutrients in the soil are okay and like you know a lot of pampering <laughs> okay so I like how this conversation so we've turned, we've took an intellectual turn into <laughs> our, pod- our podcast today <laughs> Okay. So moving on to lighter things. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I gotta pee. Hold on. Okay. Uh, you can keep going. Uh, okay, rest no more Okay, it's okay. We'll just. I think we should sing. Okay. <laughs> Coffee. It's gonna be hard to edit. <laughs> I need to pee also. I think it's the thing. Are you the one who edits it or is you? Uh, Mark. Uh, we. There's some that I produce. There's some that Mark edits, like MMs and Jigs. Mm. I, that's him, nah. But I, I'm not sure. Do you have different editing styles also? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see, na lang. Yeah. Who gets? But I think Mark has to do this one because I have to do Mina's pa, and then I'll probably do Paulo's. Okay. What did you talk about with the si Paulo? Oh no, I'm, we're gonna have to do his um. next. Yeah. But yeah, most probably martial arts and him moving here. When did he move here? Was he like? I think a year ago. But wait, land, does he charge? Like when you go to his class, do you need to pay him? The first class, he doesn't charge. And then I think the ones where he goes, oh, can, are you free to train? He won't charge now. Okay. I mean, he's like desperate for people already. Like he just wants to practice. Yeah. But if, I guess if you want to hire him, uh, and he does like corporate, like mm. trainings also, so. Okay, I don't know. I'll try to get him some money, some biz. Okay, lang you can. Let's see how to work with that. I've been trying to have a yoga teacher, kasi. Oh, okay. In the, in the, ano, in What is that? Well, uh, I'm looking at lights. We're looking oh, at yeah. lights for our booth. That's Just to make it more bonga. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. So, guys, since this is a productivity podcast, <laughs> I'm gonna segue here. Yeah. Well, sure. it's not complete segue. I'm just gonna completely change the topic. Okay. <laughs> no <right>. problem. <laughs> if since this is a productivity podcast, so what? Okay. How do you? I think this is the thing. Okay. You how have do to you... turn the microphone around. <laughs> how will? What is? Can you give a tip? Or what is your biggest? Um, I guess. What do you do that helps you with your productivity? Helps me with my productivity. Where do I start? Coffee. <laughs> yes. Lots and lots of coffee. coffee. <laughs> um, no, uh, I think one lesson I've learned. So maybe I think this is something that we skipped through during uh, talk, uh, talking about things I've done. Mm-hmm. Is you know all these things also they can cause you to have burnout right so it's one thing to have productivity and you can you know work your butt off or you can work your brain off but uh, i think one of the biggest lessons i learned now so i learned it the hard way is you also have to have give you yourself time for yourself Oh yeah, so I'm a firm believer in that too. Get, uh, get some rest. So I'm maybe it's just me. I'm just one of those people who's not naturally ge- geared to maybe uh, relax or to um, to you know just let things go or just go with the flow. So for a really early in my career, I've always been like push, 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 working sixteen hours. Um, 16 hours during a shift or also n- uh, not getting weekends, let's say. So now I think one, at least one of the recent um, things I was able to discover or I was able to, I'm trying or I'm still trying to apply is to like give time for yourself and make sure that you have time to relax also. So it does wonder. So I think that's one of my maybe realizations now working corporate because it's the first time in my life I experience weekends or yeah. even after the business. So when, let's say when from work, let's say from teaching and then you go into a business. A te- teaching, although we do events, so um, usually we work six days a, a week there at least or more or less. And then from going into uh, let's say a business wherein you're just on every oh, freaking yeah. day and then now going corporate wherein you know that's when I realized so oh, that's why there are weekends so <laughs> um, it's the first time I was able to experience a five-day work week and I really enjoy it <laughs> so yeah part of productivity is also um, ironically, ironically not being productive <laughs> Or maybe if you're the type of person who's geared to really go, 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 and go, you have, you know, you have to take time and realize if you're giving time for yourself. Yeah. Actually, it's it's interesting that you say that because I, re- I really have a theory of the whole, like, um, uh, burnout thing. Because I feel like our generation, our generation, we really experience burnouts a lot. Yeah. Because um, we get so much pressure from our parents or the older generation. And during that time in the older generation, I feel like it was so easy for them to be successful through hard work. Yes. But now since the market is so saturated and competition is just, there's so much competition. I feel like 
you definitely need more than hard work yes, to yes. succeed in this mar- in this um, type of environment. Yeah. Or maybe we're not working hard enough. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm just <laughs> taking just devil's, devil's maybe adequate. Maybe we're not working hard enough. No, well, it's more um, of like I guess. Uh, I I I think um, I think that's an in- there's that that's an interesting way to view it. I don't view it that way, but then, um, but I guess I am of the same personality. Like I am the of the idea that because working hard is different from working like smart. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's for sure, I, for sure. Yeah. You definitely need to do both. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like in the older generation, they were really taught to just work hard, like long hours. Yes. You know, which is why, like in the hotel industry, sometimes like people, I mean, they would that they would really, I guess, like um, focus on that. You have to, you have to put in your put hours. in your hours more yeah. than more than more than the actually result. Yeah, yes. more than the result. It would yes. just be like, are you on work on time, and then are you doing overtime? Right. That sort of thing. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, usually now, but I, I agree to some to some level with the uh, that. Um, yeah, there's a lot. I guess there's just more people in the world here now, right? So <laughs> yeah. there's more competition Stop happening. Making babies. So, <laughs> uh, but that's also in combination that we're just exposed to to so many things. Now, um, I think it's really true, or at least uh, it's really true, to, or we should recognize that there's so many options to the point that there may be too many options already. Actually, yeah. There's more options now, too. I think that's also part of the burnout that we get because we always think that there's always something else. Right. Mm. As opposed to, I'm just gonna do this and stick to it because it's the only thing I know or this is the only thing that I can work with. Mm -hmm. Right. But now, with so much information coming in, frankly, I'm also maybe... Um, I've fallen victim to those types of things that you know there's so many ideas to the point that you don't know which idea to work on and thus you know in a way it's like overwhelming it is overwhelming mm. okay. I think I think that's uh, that's an interesting yeah yeah I, I agree there um, it's there are a lot of options now because <laughs> distracted by crappy there are a lot of options now, but I also feel like the way the world works now is you kind of have to know a little bit of everything also. Like it's kind of difficult to it's kind of difficult now just to hone in on one thing because things in your industry can change so fast. True. So everything's so fast fast paced. Yeah. Already. Yeah. So it's like um if something drops you need to have something to catch you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I have a question. Um, what is like your most favorite mistake? Like the mistake that, like at the time you were like, oh shit, like what have I done? But like now, now that you think about it, it was actually a really good thing. My favorite mistake. Are we <laughs> yeah. talking about the personal life or it could professional be any. life? It could be any. yeah, anything. Um, yeah. My best mistake. So I make a lot of mistakes. Um, that's a good question. Give me time to think about it. <laughs> we can go uh, to like we can we can ask something else to give you time. But or you can give an let's give we can give an uh, example uh, of what's my what's my what's a mistake that what's something that I I, I feel like I effed up on and then going hmm. back. Well, one of my biggest mistakes, I guess, in my career was uh, 
double checking someone in <laughs> the same room to oh. VIP guests in one room in one room oh and the other guy he walked in and he saw the guests naked oh my goodness oh. yeah yeah and then and why is this the why, why is this the, yeah. the well no I like well well it makes for a good story <laughs> it was my worst uh, I guess mistake well I guess did you ever double did you ever double check that never happened (laughs) it's like I guess you learn from that I thought there was gonna be a love story that's gonna gonna ensue from that moment (laughs) Mm. romantic music playing in the background (laughs) like some Korean movie destiny (laughs) Korean television if only life worked out that way and then like someone writes you a letter like oh thank you for that experience. No, it was like uh, two guys, like. Oh, oh you yeah. know, in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. we'll never True. know. Maybe you could you should. Check, they were also both Muslim, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, so for me, um, best mistake or, I don't know, going a little philosoph. I don't know philosophical or I don't know. Well, I I have good mistakes. Let's say with let's say. Or going on the micro scale first. I have good mistakes with, like, let's say, recipes. Mm-hmm. So there, uh, there's a lot of cases wherein I, let's say, I work on a particular recipe. It doesn't really... I accidentally put something. So I, I, I can't remember this, that specific thing. But anyway, uh, so for me... How long was that? Let's rehash that. Okay, so for the uh, for my uh, best mistakes, so I get a lot of it in let's say maybe recipes that didn't really go as planned. So usually I would look at the recipe and then I'd say okay it's like not what it is and then, but people try it anyway and they're like oh it's good naman or <laughs> or something so those are my small good mistakes yeah. that I just don't tell them that it was a mistake <laughs> yeah. or I tell them for a good story sometimes um, but um, I guess do you maybe, ever have those those times where you did the wrong thing in the recipe and then you yourself thought oh actually this is better <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 a lot of times actually yeah. So either okay, I, I, I put too much sugar and then oh it's better pala with ano, mm-hmm. but it's sweeter or maybe just yesterday I was cooking risotto and then I forgot the forgot to put wine in the risotto. Yeah. And then so I was like, Okay, it's missing something. So I was just looking quickly into the cabinet or something and I saw scotch. Oh. So I put scotch into the risotto. Oh my God. <laughs> Was the best mistake last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm actually pretty pretty interested in scotch risotto. Um, but in a let's say macro scale, so maybe so I don't know. I wouldn't call it mistake. Maybe, but for a moment before I, I second guessed myself coming into the industry. Mm-hmm. So maybe my best worst or most wonderful mistake was also coming into the food industry. So. Um, because look at us now we're talking about (laughs) how far I've gone (laughs) how far you've gone but it it, it also gave me so much appreciation for let's say life and the world so even if it may 
because before like maybe in retrospect so let's say rewind if i became an accountant maybe i'll be a little bit richer now or a little bit um maybe a, li- a little bit more stable in terms of let's say financials and um maybe stature in life but i wouldn't maybe have this personality and this type of appreciation if i didn't if yeah. i went into that industry maybe you wouldn't be this happy and we wouldn't have met you true <laughs> so because i went into the into that school where they and mm and i were <laughs> i would have met you guys and we would we wouldn't be doing this <laughs> that's awesome okay so kai uh where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? You can just uh, find me in Netflix. No. <laughs> um, you want to find me? Like oh, I, don't, like I don't want to be found. That's a thing. No. Do you maybe have like, you an Instagram maybe you should, like, or email? Or, don't know. Yeah. Or maybe you'll, you or should maybe you just don't want to be found. Make That's an right email. You. Uh, like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> make me an email. Kyla for Optimal Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Okay, they can just find me with my IG handle, Kai Can Cook. That's K A I dot C A N dot C O O C. Oh, okay. I think that's just about how they can reach me. Okay. I don't think I'm gonna send out my number there. And, <laughs> and then, um, uh, your store. Uh, can you tell us the name oh, again yeah. and where it is? Uh, so my shop. So we, have, my family shop is in. Uh, the White Plains area, so it's Little Seed Corner Shop. Um, you can also find uh, the our handle at the littleseed.ph and IG, and also on Facebook. So please, 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 please give us a like. Yeah, they have legitimately yummy stuff, and their yes. Facebook posts are they make me hungry all the time. Yeah, and yeah, so shameless plug. So we have some hummus, some homemade yogurt. And uh, some salads that you can, you know, bring around and store in your fridge, so that you can have, you know, wholesome food within reach. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Sure. Thank you for having me. I hope I gave you some input. I don't. <laughs> well, it was really interesting. I wasn't really sure. <laughs> I wasn't really sure uh, if, if I would be a good material. Oh my gosh! Us. Like you've done so much. <laughs> Like who can who can really say that they've been a teacher, entrepreneur, corporate? Yeah, like, not a lot of not a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Chef. <laughs> yeah. But make sure you rest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. okay. So that was our interview with Kyla. That was pretty awesome, don't you think? Well, if you enjoyed that podcast, I hope you can take some time to give us a review. And if you want to support the podcast, you can check out our Patreon at Optimal Podcast. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.